Go Pizza presents SDP. The Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts, Steve Dangle and Adam Wild. What was the bigger de- trade deadline victory? What was the bigger trade deadline victory? Was it Aginla out of the tire fire in Colorado Ooh. to crown himself in Los Angeles? That, oh, he or, crowned himself. Or Adam. It, or is it now that Frankie Corrado is an eventual Stanley Cup champion? Oh, boy. Which uh, is the bigger victory? Hmm. There's Jerome Aginla, who is on a much better team, but might not even make the playoffs still. And there's are you, Frankie, are you saying the Kings are better than the Penguins? I'm, I'm, no, no. I'm saying no. the Kings might, might not, not even make, make the playoffs. playoffs. Oh, right, yeah. right. He's yes. Okay. It's all very confusing. Uh, and then there's Frankie Corrado, who is with a much better team, but may not see a single NHL game. He'll be one of those guys where if the Penguins win the cup, he'll raise it. May get a ring, probably not. Won't get his name on it. Won't get his name on it unless he plays. I think what, you have to play like half the games or something. You got. I think it's half the playoff games or one game in the final. Okay. If you play one single solitary game in the final, that should be what the Florida Panthers do to entice people to renew for their season tickets, <laughs> rather than signing well, one day contract. We'll give you the one day contract on one of on, on like a game day during yeah. the final, and we'll let you put your one skate on the ice and then get off the bench. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you play. There you, you have go. one second of ice time. You take warm up. Yeah. Oh my God. You <laughs> just going. <laughs> oh my God. So let's talk about that Corrado deal for a second. Sure. I mean, it's going to be one of, one of many deals. Because uh, despite the complaints, that's what we're all about here the yeah. Leafs. Um, I, I think I finally figured out this deal. I think I finally What did you figure out? Okay, so let me just go through it. Eric Fair, who is signed through next season, $2 million bucks a year. AHLer Steve Aleski, who will be up at the end of this year. Yeah, he's actually playing for the Marlies as we speak, because we are recording during the uh, school day game. And oh, We should have went. I know, right? <laughs> Damn it. We should have just blown off the show. And we also this... got a fourth round pick for yes. Frankie Corrado, and this, this year's fourth, which is, I think, pretty solid return, considering Frank Corrado was picked up for nothing. On waivers, yeah, there's a lot of... Um... Leaf waiver activity that's actually kind of nice. Yeah, one is they get obviously Frankie Corrado for nothing, and then even though they didn't manage that asset that well, they turned him into a fourth. Mm-hmm. And also, I think part of that that fourth is the salary dump of Eric Fair. Right, of course. But then, like, I even look ahead to like the expansion draft. Um, you know, Marchenko. I think is a guy the teams might look at, or Vegas might look at. Well, he was claimed on waivers. Uh, Seth Griffith, there was a guy who was claimed on waivers. So, and he's done the- quite well with the Marlies. Absolutely, but anyway, staying staying on track here. So, what that deal essentially is is uh, you can't make the trade Eric Fair and a fourth for nothing. So, <laughs> <laughs> you make it Eric Fair and a fourth, and Steve Oleski. The, t- uh, the two defenders cancel each other out. Oleski. And uh, Corrado. I would argue Corrado is probably a better defender, at least in the AHL, Mm -hmm. than Oleski. They have about the same amount of NHL experience. Here's something that makes it a little more enticing for the Leafs, um, and it takes a little bit of sting off of the uh, Eric Fair cap hit, is Frank Corrado makes six hundred grand, no matter what, because he's a one-way contract. Steve Oleski, uh, unless I read cap-friendly wrong, is on a two-way deal, and in the AHL, he makes three hundred grand, so he makes half of what Corrado makes. So, when so you, there's a little bit of relief when you have a uh, a salary cap, not on the cap, but financially. Position. So if you're if you if you have a two way contract, yes, and I'm playing in the NHL, I'm making six hundred grand in the NHL, say just whatever it is, yeah. And I you send me down, I'm making three hundred in the A. Um, does that six hundred thousand dollars now come off the cap in the NHL level? I think so, unless you're on a one way deal. So if it's a if it's a two way, the second that you're not on the team anymore, it, it doesn't count against the cap. That's my understanding. See, if, if I were guys like Seth Griffith or Frankie Corrado or um, anybody that is going to be a restricted free agent, and the team comes to you and says, "Listen, we can offer you a one way deal, but why don't we give you a two way deal? So that way you're not sitting up here if we're not using you." Mm. I and think then, you want to be you paid could, the big bucks. But no you could probably what. be evened out, right? Yeah, you, you want could, more money. But you yeah. could probably. The Leafs could pay more money at the AHL level to get you to accept that. They could, but they couldn't pay six hundred grand. Yeah, they could maybe give you three or four. Um, 
and you don't know if you're going to be a career minor leaguer. Like there was a there was a great example of this years ago, um, where Joey Crab's agent needed a raise, and, and I know we're talking about Joey Crab here, but mm-hmm. it's a great example. Yeah, <laughs> he he w- he was making like nothing at the NHL level, but he was making a a bunch at the AHL level. He gets called up at the end of the season, and he plays with the Leafs, and it looks like he'll probably be a Leaf the next year. So the next contract he negotiated was less money at the AHL level, but more money at the NHL level. Well, he starts the next season in the AHL. <gasps> oh, but then he gets called up and ended up playing almost the entire season with the Leafs. So he made money on that deal. Right. Is, this so is for one those of those guys, you got to get things. a little bit creative in terms. Yeah. Of the agents have to be a little bit creative. Ben, ben Scrivens was another one um, when he was on his first contract with the Leafs. It was six hundred grand at the NHL level, sixty grand, six zero in the AHL. So whenever he got called up, even if it was for a week or two, even though there's escrow and all that, he could buy himself another pickup. Yeah, I, yeah which he still didn't. But <laughs> your your salary increases tenfold, literally yeah. tenfold. Minus I just, escrow. I just think, you know, if you're Frank Corrado, fine, fine, you don't make the same amount of money, but wouldn't you rather be playing? Of course. And, well, and and he was playing, of, though. Say, say he was the, playing. Say it's the difference of 100 grand, right? Mm-hmm. And you could be called up without having to be waived. Wouldn't you prefer that? Isn't that preferable? I don't think any player expects this to happen to them. And they figure, you know what? I'll just, I'll be sent on waivers. I'll just be put on waivers. Like, I feel like guys like Corrado and Levo are. Outliers. Generally speaking, if you have a guy who you don't play for like 30 straight games, you just put him on waivers. And if you lose him, you don't feel sad. Because whatever, mm-hmm. you weren't using him. Mm-hmm. Th- this, that, that's what made Corrado so strange. Fair enough. It's like, why are you afraid of using him? Or sorry, not, sorry, you're afraid of using him, and at the same time you're afraid of losing him. Like, I've well, never seen a player worth, in that weird little purgatory. Because he's the fourth round pick. Obviously. Uh, apparently. No, but the it's Eric Fair. Yeah, it was worth it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Who, or, by the way, had played for George McPhee in Washington, so he's a good chance he might get accepted in the expansion. Because he is be our one pick. He is eligible. So. Now, it was, That's it was, interesting. It, it yeah. was great to talk about, because uh, Lou Lamorello did say, he's like, we don't really have any problems. Uh, we don't have any problems uh, with our... Our uh, expansion yesterday. That was my favorite part of his his press conference. Is like he's like we're really not concerned about it because we don't have any problems. <laughs> yeah, well. now, er, now Eric Fair, it's a really great connection, right? Yeah. And there's here's a guy that if that, they, that would be fantastic if they do for, end up using him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If they do end up using Eric Fair, though, um, that's a guy that just finished playing for the Penguins and before that played for the Capitals. Knows how to win. Absolutely. I think he had 19 goals uh, within recent memory. He went on a deep playoff run last year. Like, this isn't a great player, but this isn't a player Babcock, I think, is afraid to use. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, it, and this was the weird thing with the Leafs in the first half of the season, players do get hurt. What made it so hard for guys like Corrado and Levo? Nobody got hurt. Nobody, nobody got hurt. Yeah. Now you're looking at your spares being guys like potentially Levo later on, but right now it's it looks like Soshnikov and Ben Smith and Eric Fair. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Um, we're gonna work our way backward here, but first I want to talk. Uh, like I said, we're gonna we're gonna talk about all the other teams, but obviously Leafs first. Yeah. Because center of the universe. Um. Lost in the Brian Boyle deal was apparently Valtteri Filippola could have been a Toronto Maple Leaf had he accepted a trade here. Now his cap is cap hit is about five million dollars, and I think he's up at the end of next season. Next season, so Eric Fair, but better player, could have been way more expensive. (laughs) Could have been a part of a bigger sort of deal. I don't know what that would have entailed, but he would have been a great pickup for the Leafs. I think that would have been a pretty interesting deal because I, I can't imagine how the Leafs give up the pick in that scenario. You know what I mean? Or at least not a second. Yeah. It's probably a much cheaper deal, but it helps Tampa out a great Funny deal. Funny that we would get Boyle and Philbola, and it would be cheaper. So here's here's what I haven't heard a lot of people consider in this deal. Because some people were talking about the fear of Philpola going to Roby Daw Island. Huh? I, I'm going to go with the damn close to guarantee. You uh, think so? Well, because the trade would be two centers. It'd be Boyle and Philpola. Yes, Philpola has a contract for next year. But what about what about this year? Where's he going? Where's he going? Is he he's not is, injured? Is though. he staying with the league? Like this is this is the thing. Like 
I, I don't think the Leafs, and it, and it was a cap dump. It is a cap dump. I mean, I think he ended up in Philly. Mm-hmm. It was part of a three mark the Mark Strait deal trade. Um, Philly does get a player who can still play for sure, um, but I think it, the trade was largely a cap dump. And I heard rumblings before Babcock was even the Leafs' head coach that part of the reason uh, Phil Pula signed in Tampa, or rather Detroit didn't re-sign Phil Pula, <laughs> is because. Philpola, um, uh, because Babcock was like, really, you're going to give five million bucks to this guy? Like, Babcock wasn't exactly his biggest fan. So you take into account, you're able to control your own destiny because mm-hmm. he has some sort of clause. Um, the team that is asking to trade for you is clearly doing it as a cap dump, and you have a history with their coach, and it's not necessarily the greatest one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I'm rejecting that trade. They, and, That's and why I have that clause, by the way. I took less money to join your team, and now you're trying to move me into a bad situation as a cap dump? Yeah. No, 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 no. Well, no, no, no. And three examples nice try. are sitting with the Marlies right now, Brooks like Milan Mahalik, and Colin Greening, of yeah. what can happen if if you're kind of on the outside looking in. Yeah. And people, it's funny, some people said, well, this, that's the price the Leafs pay. The price the Leafs pay. Would you do the Phaneuf trade again with the Sens? Yes. All day. Would you do the Brooks Lake trade with the Capitals again? Yes. All day. All right. Calm down. <laughs> and <laughs> like, that, the that's, the, that is an acceptable casualty. I, I, I think it, the Leafs do business. That's the point. The point. And yeah. people people struggle with that because business is harsh. Uh, but the fact it, of the matter is... It is particularly is, harsh with this organization. Holy smoke. But it had to be because they're, they have the players... like. Who would you rather see in the lineup, Brooks Lake or or uh, Connor Brown? Uh, Connor Brown, Milan Mahalik or Josh Levo? Josh Levo, after what I've seen the last few weeks, yeah, smokes. Colin Greening or jo- uh, Zach Hyman. I'll take Zach Hyman because that's that's the point. The Leafs played the best players. They played the players that made the mm-hmm. team, and even Milan Mahalik actually made the team out of camp. And they said, uh, "Yeah, but now we actually have to. We have this this asset. That- even scored a goal." Yeah, in the first five games. Now that's interesting though because Sosh, I believe, was hurt at the beginning of the season. So that's why. If he's not hurt, I I bet he just makes it straight out of camp. And that's the thing. The Leafs well. did the right thing for them, and they have to. They have to. It sucks for those players, but remember that they are making a very good living. Yes, it's frustrating, and they're free agents, so they can go and sign wherever they want now. Yeah, I I feel a little bit bad for Mahalik, but he got a huge raise um, because again, no escrow in the AHL. The only issue is, so he came out on top financially for the short term. Who's going to re-sign him after this mm-hmm. once his contract's done? There might be some takers, but it's not like he has mind-blowing numbers in the AHL. I don't know what they are. None of them do. None of them do. Well, I would they, argue but, the best player in the AHL has been greening. But then they shouldn't have been on the Leafs. Yeah, exactly. No, 100%. It's, it's cruel. Is and, it, or is it reality? No, it's it's cruel, but it's just what it is. Right. You right. Know? Fair enough. It's <laughs> I, I wrote something for Pensburg, our, our buddy Mike Darnay over at Pensburg. He's like, what can Pens fans expect? Oh, is he our buddy? Is uh, he our pal? He's my guy. Taking our our players and and winning Stanley Cups with them. That is true. He thinks he could just. I'm do still that? not over Hal Gill. <laughs> I'm not. I am not over Hal Gill either. Damn what it! The hell? We no. took Luca Caputi. <laughs> Because he had an entertaining name and so much promise, and what do we get? Nothing. Um, I, I he he goes, what what can we what can Penguins fans expect out of Frankie Corrado? I'm like, man, let me know. <laughs> like, I, I, I he's played two games in recent memory. I was okay. Think of an on ice memory of Frankie Corrado. Go. Um, him getting beaten really badly in one of the games he played this year against, I think it was Detroit or New one Jersey, of the two red games. jerseys. Yeah. I, I honestly, I, see, I, I have to be was. honest, and I know that it's sort of unfair to make that judgment. When he played, I could see why they weren't playing him. I, I, I still disagree with that. I still don't understand why Lee fans have been so harsh to Corrado. Well, he just wasn't what good Lee enough. Lee fans have been harsh to Corrado. Who has been oh, harsh to Corrado? Oh, tons. After the one game he played, he didn't look good. Everybody was yeah, out okay. of Which, business. The argument that I had the entire time was, how could he possibly look good? Yeah. You need to play hockey to be good at fair. hockey. Before I, that, that, sh- that game we talked about on the show. And I, that's why I said it was unfair, yeah. but I, that's my memory. My memory is him getting beat, turnstile. Yeah. You, you put a chef on a desert island for a year and take them back. I, I bet their filet mignon doesn't taste as good. Fair enough. <laughs> this time around. Yes. You know? You're right. Um, the only memory I have of him 
And what's funny is I didn't even see it live. I was actually in the car with you. Um, he uh, he hit Andre Pilat with a high hit. I, and I had to look up the clip on YouTube, and, and I was, was like, oh, that's what it looked like. He took a bunch of penalties that game, too, didn't he? I don't remember, man. Poor guy. That was at the end of last season when they were finishing last, clearly. Yeah, don't like, confuse <laughs> me. I do feel bad for him. I'm uh, not saying that. Totally, totally. A fun thing about Phil Pula, he's also a player you have to protect in the expansion draft. Oh. So if we had acquired him, he would have had to have been protected. Which, you. you know what? I'm yeah. okay with him not being here for that reason. So I'm thinking the Leafs get a pick? <laughs> yeah. And Tampa does not? I, I don't know. I don't know how it would go. I think the Leafs had a fine deadline. Mm-hmm. Well, Tampa's, I didn't want them to get that much. Tampa's take on that that uh, that deal was they didn't gain anything. They lost it because they gave up the seventh and the fourth, didn't they? and they only got a fourth back. Mm. On the, on the I'm Philly trying deal? to. Yeah. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah, yeah so yeah. they didn't. They, they didn't, didn't get anything, anything. but they, they gained didn't. a butt ton of money that they can give to exactly. all the guys that they yeah, previously Tyler, couldn't afford. Tyler Johnson's up, yep. and is yeah. it Kucherov that's up? Might be plot doesn't doesn't matter yeah, really yeah. at least five million dollars exactly a hundred percent and they need that um, and with Brian Boyle with his two million I believe uh, yes uh, so that's seven million mm-hmm. and they were going to get that two million anyway but still yeah, yeah. Um, now let's go through some of the other mm-hmm. trades here sorry one one more thing I did did you hear what Lou Lamorello said about I think someone asked about why didn't you maybe acquire like an Andrew Ferentz. Because that was a rumor that the Leafs were going to try to get Andrew Ferris. Because he was trying to get that money off their books, right? Yeah, and, and it was interesting to hear him say this. He's like, "Well, you have to be fiscally responsible," <laughs> which is not something you've heard with the Leafs, but it's true. Like, yeah, I, I, I think uh, after a while, you go, "Wait, wait!" Like, if, if you're managing the Leafs' books, you got to be like, "Okay, sorry, let me let me make sure I have this straight." You paid. Two and a half million dollars for a fourth round pick. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. At some point, oh, you got to yeah. go. Mm, you know what? This isn't. That's this isn't it. like we got an empire to run. We have a basketball team, two hockey teams, a soccer team, a bunch of condos, a bunch of restaurants. Like, you can't be spending two and a half million dollars on a fourth round pick, sir. But is that two and a half million dollars money you'd spend anyways on just salary cap? I don't, I don't know. know. Is that just room you have? That's a good question. I don't know. That's a really good question. I don't know. I, I think way. Andrew. Can Ferris, you look up Fair's contract and see if the I, salary drops off? I don't think I can't Shirelli, imagine it does. But. I don't think Shirelli would have given up anything higher than a fourth for that. And unfortunately, if you want to remove that money, you probably should. If that's what you want to do, <laughs> just eat it. Just and eat it. You're a young team. It. You're a young team. Eat it. You don't have to pay Connor McDavid till the end of next season. Eat it. Yeah. Um. I I want to point out one trade that kind of went under the radar. All of them, but it includes some names. <laughs> but it includes some names that you might know. What are you looking at? Ooh, sorry, I was looking at uh, Fair's salary. So his. Wait a second. Oh, this is Andrew Ferentz. I'm sorry. He makes uh, three point two five million dollars. So yeah, let's say let's say the best Ooh. they could have got out of that was a fourth. Yeah, no. No, that's no. that's that's a Plus, lot of money to be paying for a fourth. All the money the Leafs have written or off, or a this third year. even. Think of the written off money this year. So you've got Horton, yeah. Robida, yeah, like Mahalik, Greening, Lupul. That's easily twenty million dollars. You know, it's, twenty million plus. When though, you look at it that way, oh yeah, it's another <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's when you a lot of money. when you look at it that way, what a cartoony advantage the Leafs have <laughs> over s- certain teams. I'm good with it. Oh, I'm good with I'm it good too. With it. Because that's a lot. Holy smokes. Yeah, we're making our equalization payments. I'm okay with it. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, the, you. That, that would have to be at least a second. Well, and, 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 and even then, you got to go, again, if you're Mr. Mr. Budget Man, you go, now what is the likelihood? Mr. Yeah. Budget Man. <laughs> now, can you promise me... Can you promise me, Mr. Budget Man, that next time, that, that if you get this second round pick, you'll use it to draft Alex DeBrincat instead of Yegor Korshkov? Yes, yeah. Can you promise me that? Yeah. Oh, you can't? Oh, I guess we can't. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I, I also think, you know, and anybody that is, is upset about the Leafs' advantage, I get it. But like, oh, sure. like the New York Yankees, like the New York Knicks, like any major team in a sport, like the Lakers... Um, it's better for the sport when the Lakers are good. It's better for the sport when the Knicks are good. We just don't know what that looks like because it's been 80 years. <laughs> um, basically, since Patrick Ewing retired, we we haven't seen a good Knicks team. Um, oh, I thought you were talking about the Leafs. Well, the Leafs, too. <laughs> Same thing. I mean, like, it, I, I understand the frustration with that. 
But when the Rangers are good, when the Leafs are good, when the Bruins are good, when Los Angeles is good, when these major markets are good, it's good for the whole league. So if you're upset about the advantage, I get it. But also remember, long term, you want the Leafs to be good yeah. for the health of the league. I keep dragging you back into the Leafs. You you go ahead. Well, what, what's what's uh, well? This particular trade made me laugh just because of its former Leafs. So, uh, Chicago Blackhawks acquire Kenton Helgeson and a seventh round pick in 2019 for Sam Carrick and Spencer Abbott to the Ducks. <laughs> so a couple a couple ex Leafs there. Just how in there. did the Blackhawks manage to get a pick out of that? I don't know, but they did. They sure what? did again. It's teams lining up. The NHL is just, it's the Chicago Black, it's not a league, it's one team, the Chicago Chicago Blackhawks, and a 29-team lineup of uh, teams willing to help them out. It's just, that's all it is. Chicago acts, the rest of the league reacts. 100%. I don't get it. Um, it. Flames acquire Curtis Lazar and Mike Koska, former Leaf, from the Senators Mm -hmm. for a 2017 second round pick and Yerky Yokipaka. Seems like... I mean, well, first off, the the Sens did give up. Uh, did they not give up a second to get Burroughs? They did. So they got their second back, which I is guess. smart. Yeah, sure. But they also had to give up 22-year-old Curtis Lazar. Was not having a good season. Probably didn't agree with Coach uh, Boucher. And it was be... a, no, it was a former second round pick to get Burroughs. I'm sorry, former second. Yeah. Oh, former second. Yeah, because oh. Dallin, Dallin was the the prospect, yeah. right? Drafted um, either last year or the year before. So they get a second round pick. They get something back for that, and they get they get Curtis Lazar out of town because Curtis Lazar had a bad season and has had a couple bad seasons and doesn't agree with Guy Boucher, or Guy Boucher doesn't agree with him. I'm not sure which it is. Or just wasn't in the greatest mental space. And he, plays he, with the younger uh, team now. He on Sportsnet was kind of cryptic. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think he was in the right mindset and he was talking about his teammates helping him out I, he needed to change the scenery badly is what I got out of that conversation I don't know if he needed anything else but hopefully he'll be happier in Calgary and I mean I'm sure the, the Flames have a lot of incentive because that's a lot to give up for a guy who has as many goals as this room combined in 33 games this year <laughs> it's man that's bad that is bad and and I remember even when things were going well the Hamburglar throwing burgers onto the ice Curtis Lazar picks one up eats it he was having trouble scoring points then too but no one cared because he was a little bit younger and the team was doing well uh, and now they're still doing well and he well, was a but can't miss guy coming out of junior it sure seemed that way I mean he was a captain to, of the freaking world juniors team yeah, mm-hmm. to at least well I mean and there have been misses before Patrice Cormier but um, the idea that like you can be a bust and still have a couple goals. <laughs> this guy's got no yeah. goals. Alexander Dagg scored goals. Yeah, <laughs> you can you can score a couple goals. Um, nothing. So I'm thinking he goes to Calgary and maybe a bit of an, a more offensive-minded team. Uh, you know, you'll be playing against easy defense all the time because everyone's concerned with Sean Monahan and Johnny Gaudreau. Maybe it'll be a good place for him. And I think he's from out west too, right? I don't know. He played on the Edmonton Oil Kings. So, I don't know, maybe he's going back to his home province, or Jesse's on the case, and this is me stalling, listing off things with mm-hmm. that voice that Sam you use when you're... Sam Arm. BC. Oh, oh Sam, I, I believe... Almost, I almost worked in Sam and Arm back in the day. Really? One of my first gigs was almost in Sam and Arm, working for, Sam I think it was, what is it, Sun, it was called Sun FM, I believe? Also, I'm pretty sure Kyle Turris is from there. Yeah, Sam Because Arm. it's a noteworthy name. <laughs> Sam and Arm. Sam and Arm. There's a Moose Factory, Ontario. No, yes, there Kyle is. is from New Westminster. I thought he was from Salmon Arm. Not according to Wikipedia. Did he play for a team in Salmon Arm? That doesn't Maybe. matter. He didn't yeah. get traded. Mm-hmm. He didn't get traded. Yeah. We're talking about trades. <laughs> Almost worked there. Vernon, Penticton, and and um, oh my God, what's the big the big city in there? Um, Kelowna. California. Oh, my goodness. You could have seen WHL games with the Kelowna Rockets. <laughs> That's right. Luke or, Shen. Or, or some BCHL action with the Vernon Vipers. That's right. Or the, what was the other uh, town that you Penticton. mentioned? Oh, the Penticton Vs. <laughs> How can you not see the Penticton Vs? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Pierre you covered, McGuire. covered, Pierre McGuire you covered junior and junior A for a little while. You start to re- retain useless information. Um, okay, so this is uh, this is my favorite trade of all. The It was the three-way trade between the Pens, the Flyers, and Tampa Bay. Yeah, confusing. So, so Flyers get Mark Streit, 
Or straight, sorry. Nope, Penguin's nope. got him. Penguin's got him, sorry. <laughs> Penguin's got him. Uh, but my favorite thing is... Flyers, I think, make out like bandits here because they get Philpola, who I think they can use, yeah. a 2017 fourth, and a 2017 con- conditional seventh, which is pretty good. Tampa only gets a fourth round in 2018, but the salary breakdown is bananas, all right? Okay. So, now, forgive me if I'm wrong here, but the article I read said the Flyers retain 4.7% of his salary. Oh, yeah! What was up with that? Tampa pays 50% and Pittsburgh pays the rest, the 40, 40-something 40 percent. <laughs> Whatever. I'm so glad you said 40-something. 40-something percent. So I didn't have to be like, mm, yeah. quick math. <laughs> Isn't that nuts? I don't get it. That's so strange. <laughs> hey, well, man, if you can do it, good for you. Pittsburgh wins the three-way deal, and here's why. They're a cup contender who acquired an old guy. That That's like acquiring like a first-round, first-line center, throwing him in your lineup. That is that is Nas, if, if we're going by friggin'... Rappers? No, not Ether Nas. Like Vin Diesel Nas. Oh. Fast and the Furious Nas. Uh, Nas. Yeah, Nas. Yes, Nas. Nas. Sorry. It's a big difference, Steve. Not Ether or Sheether, Adam. <laughs> We're talking about Fast and the Furious. It's a popular piece of cinema. No, every cup contender needs an old guy to win it for. And Mark Stride is 39. And they could have used a little bit of help on defense, too, and he gives them that. And he does. Um, if the Flyers buy out the deal, they're only left with $1.6 million next year on the cap. Oh. That's not bad. Damn. On wait, who on who? Stride or Philpula? Philpula. And it's only next year? If they buy that out. That would be oh. over two years though, wouldn't it? I believe he's only signed through next season. Yeah, so but, no, but, but sometimes oh, yeah, so yeah. But one point six. Might be no. a risk worth uh, taking. Might yeah. be. Um okay, so we've got Lazar deal. PA Parento, who almost has twenty goals again this year, is only worth a sixth round pick. This is the silliest thing. So by the way, he goes from Nashville to New, uh, New Jersey to Nashville. Excuse me. What are what are what are um, playoff rentals for? For the playoffs. Playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so if you miss a few games leading up to the playoffs because you're injured, which PA Parento apparently is. <gasps> no, 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 no. That that third rounder, that third and seventh or whatever. That third and seventh, because we're far too skittish to give you a second, um, that you were going to get for Parento? No, 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 no. Because he's going to miss, like, as many as four regular season games. (laughs) (laughs) That drastically drops the price to a sixth rounder. I don't get it. He's, man... I wish the Leafs could have got that for him at the end of last season. Well, they could have made that. Well, you, I, pa- Parento needs to stop getting hurt at the end of the season. Exactly. Can you name the six teams that Parento has played with over the last four seasons? Ooh. Islanders, Montreal. Colorado. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. You no, know, go ahead. Islanders, Colorado, Montreal, Toronto, Nashville, Islanders again, New Jersey. See, do the Islanders count? Because no, I don't think he, he ever play actually played a game. Oh, okay. Uh, New the Jersey. Islanders count. Yeah, well, so, so it's, yeah, it depends on how far back you are. Okay, so it goes Islanders. Oh, he's been on the Islanders twice? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Islanders to Colorado to Montreal to Toronto to uh, Islanders again, New Jersey, and now Nashville. So that's seven. Not Islanders again. But he did he did just start he, the season with the Islanders. Right. No, 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 that was bonus yeah. marks he just threw in. That yeah. was very Thank impressive. You. Adam Wild. My I goodness. Like can you go, can you go pre-Islanders? Pre-Islanders? One team. Oh, geez. Well, two teams. I don't know. Was it Colorado? The Rangers. It was a, ra- uh, he was a Ranger? And then Damn. before that, the Blackhawks. Okay, they're friggin' Mike Sillinger, <laughs> PA Parento. Yeah, wow. Oh, they're smart. By the Ducks. <laughs> That's crazy. PA Santorelli. What we like to call him. Guess, guess what he gets to enjoy tonight. What's that? PA Parento's first game with the Predators, and he won't be playing. He gets to watch PK Subban's return to, to Montreal. Montreal, which we're getting to later in the show. Yeah. We're going to get to that. And he's reunited with a former teammate there, too. Um... Kyle Quincy to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, what was he worth? Uh, Dalton Prout. <laughs> oh, that's right. Remember when he was worth a first-round pick like five years ago? Kyle Quincy? Mm-hmm. Wow, he I was. don't remember who gave it up. I want to say Detroit gave up a first-round pick for him. Wow. Uh, to Tampa, and if I read correctly, that was a 2012 first-rounder who turned into Andre Vasilevsky. Right. Uh, my favorite was the uh, Oilers-Rangers trade. Literally a couple of nothing names, but 
Justin Fontaine and Taylor Beck. Now Taylor Beck is there's just Mike Sillinger. Yeah, but yeah. poor Taylor Beck was so jacked to be a Leaf at the mm-hmm. beginning of last season, and they 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 traded him. That is the him. driest thing. Yeah, they that, he's he got at, his pictures taken. He's having his picture taken yeah. in the Leafs jersey, talking about how excited he is to be here, and they deal him and like Carter Verhage and three other people to the Islanders for Grab- Grabner. Somewhere on a beta tape or a USB key somewhere. There is an interview of Taylor Beck going, you know, it's just been a lifelong dream to be a Toronto Maple Leaf. <laughs> and this poor guy well, now is traded again. Um, oh, that sucks. So uh, we'll, we'll pull it back. Uh, again, still worth a fourth-round pick, conditional fourth-round pick. Which I think likely turns into nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, it says there's a playoff-based um, condition. No, I don't Is that... If they make it, is that if they win one round? I don't know. And it's if he resigns. I'm thinking this is likely his last season. Right. Um, Before we go to break here, and then we'll come back with some more trades. Reunited with Daryl Sutter, though. That's cool. Dwight King, fourth-round pick conditional to the Kings. Montreal. To Montreal, who acquired nine (laughs) fourth-liners. Which we need to talk about. So when we come back on Sportsnet 590 The Fan, we are going to discuss Montreal's deadline moves because they were weird. They were weird. They were Montreal. They were very Montreal. Very Montreal. Uh, We'll get back to that on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. So here's here's what Montreal's trade deadline looks like, and we need to talk about this because it's weird. Andreas Martinson for, doesn't matter, Dwight King, (laughs) Steve Ott, and Brandon Davison. Andreas Martinson for Sven Andrighetto. Oh, right. Now, Sven Andrighetto is a player that Montreal Canadiens fans on Twitter led me to believe was actually decent. Um, never really made the lineup as a regular. His NHL potential is kind of questionable. Uh, Andreas Martinson is arguably the worst player on arguably the worst team of like the last ten years. So I'm not sure what he contributes to Montreal. Really, what about how does he even make the lineup? What about Dwight King and Steve Ott? Dwight King is an okay depth player. That's fine. I have no problem with that. Steve Ott, I don't get. I mean, I guess you're spending a sixth-round pick. There's no real risk there other than him taking a penalty at a key moment during a playoff game, I guess. That's a risk, I would say. That's a risk. And that's Um, a very probable Steve Ott risk. And who else? Brandon Davidson for David DeRNA. Oilers. That's an all right deal, I suppose, because, I mean— you weren't really <clears throat> keen on using David Deharnay, and you got someone who can be a little extra defensive depth. That's okay. That wasn't a bad deal. I, I think it, the, the saddest part about all this is that the Kings no longer have someone named King playing for them. That's a bummer. <laughs> Isn't it? I need, that I, should be a rule. They uh, have to have someone with the last name King playing Now for Adam has to get signed by Minnesota. <laughs> Otherwise, this doesn't work. <laughs> right? Right? I made you all say it in your I head instead. I get it. I made anyway. you all say it there. Uh, That's right. So we're, we'll just keep moving it back. Montreal made very weird, weird moves. What was interesting, and Detroit fans lost their minds with this, was Thomas Vanek to, Pan- to the Panthers for a third-round pick in 2017 and Dylan McElrath, who's, I guess... A former first-round pick. Who's sort of a bust, and they think he's done. Well, he's at least not that's a bust the- as much as he should have never gone that high. I remember that was a weird pick at the time. He was like a middle-of-the-second-round guy. And then where was McElrath picked? Like 10th? Yeah, it was pretty high. crazy off-the-board pick. He's big and strong and everything, but I don't know. Like, that's almost that's almost just a roster spot at this point. He, If I'm not mistaken, that crazy giveaway goal the Panthers had where JVR beat Reimer five-hole in that one game where the Leafs mangled the Panthers, I think that was McElrath, if I remember correctly. I just remember it being a big body right there. Uh, but, hey, they get something for Vanek, and he might just come back in the summer. So. Yeah. Who cares? There you go. Well, I, I, Detroit fans were just mad because they didn't get more. Well, see, okay, that was actually a very interesting deal, I thought, because, right, the Panthers got Vanek. The thought was, and and I heard this earlier in Sportsnet's coverage, um, Vanek won't go until Verbata is moved. Verbata is what's holding the market up. Is what I heard. And then Vanek goes first. And you go, oh, that's strange. And you certainly are not getting less for Verbata. So the Panthers make a move early 
and it increases the price for Verbata. Who was the team, the number one team, rumored to be in on Verbata? Montreal. So I thought it was an interesting market move. The Panthers get someone who can help them. They get Thomas Vanek. And while they acquire a player that can help them, they sort of... Price Montreal out of the market? A little bit. They make it difficult for them. Because Verbata didn't move. Didn't move. Didn't end up going to Montreal. They could have really used him. I was listening to Hockey Central on the way in, and they were talking about... um, Supposedly, Verbata has some kind of crazy bonus where he gets like a quarter of a million dollars for every round his team wins in the playoffs. (laughs) (laughs) Which, you know what? Ooh, but... Montreal. Like, let's say you go to the cup final with Radim Verbata. What does four rounds of playoff revenue look like in Montreal? But that's also cap space. No, it's not. It's paid paid after, isn't it? I'm not certain. It It could contribute to overage, potentially, which I guess... I think Arizona could have have agreed to, to pay it. Maybe. Yeah. That's possible. Or maybe... I don't know if you can do this. Can can Montreal or can can Arizona keep it on their books, but Montreal pays them? Because I'm sure money's not the uh, object there. Maybe no. it is. No, I, think, I think that's a little too shady. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> that's even beyond leaf shady. <laughs> I'm just trying to think like Lou would here. We'll send you know. some cash if you give yeah. us this cash. <laughs> so I thought it was a little move. The Vanek deal did make the Verbata deal a little more difficult, unless I'm reading the market completely wrong. Because it, it just made it more expensive. And the main team in on it, and the main team that could use him, was a divisional rival. I thought that was a little interesting. Hmm. It is a, it's a lot interesting when you put it that way. Um, Not that Montreal is the team they need to catch at the moment. but San Jose got uh, Yannick Hansen as well yesterday. Oh! Can- Canucks. Holy smokes! Can we talk about how the arguable winner of the trade deadline was Jim Benning? What a surprise, eh? What a bandit. What a bandit, this guy. So he got he got Dolan for Burroughs. Mm-hmm. Bandit. Heist. Great deal. Um, you know, you're getting rid of a player who you do not need in exchange for a second who could really be something. Like he's a known commodity. This isn't a bag of magic beans here. This mm-hmm. is a guy with a name. This isn't a pick. <laughs> it's a guy. That's great. Who might be a year from or, or less from being coming over. Who knows? Um, and then you trade Yannick Hansen. Another, there you go, guy you do not need. If you're going the whole rebuild thing, which, I mean, geez, it's not like they sold the farm. This could be like a retooling sort of thing for the Canucks. Um, they trade Hansen to the Sharks for Goldobin, who was a first-rounder in 2013. So there's another guy with a name, could still be decent. I think he has decent AHL numbers. And a fourth-round pick that is conditional. Do you know the condition? I don't know the condition. Oh, it's a good one. If the Sharks win the cup, bang, first. Whoa. Can you imagine? Okay, first of all, who is a Canucks fan that's not cheering for the Sharks right now? Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> like, absolutely. You are cheering for the Sharks in the same way that Flames fans were cheering for the Stars last year. Because the pick uh, the Flames got for Russell would have been a first if they made it past the second round or something like that. Can we? How are you are cheering for the Canucks? So the Canucks uh, deadline poll was Dolan, Goldobin, and a fourth. Potentially Dolan, Goldobin, and a first. The 30th overall pick, technically. You're guaranteeing yeah. it's no higher than that. But yeah, I'll take that for Burroughs and Hanson. Who taught Jim Benning how to GM? Uh, well, who told him? Holy smokes! Someone got in his ear real quick. Well, I just love comparing this to ten Isn't months ago. Isn't it great when you when you set your mind to a direction? Yeah, you, I'm no longer questioning where the Canucks are heading, and all of a sudden they're making smart moves. They still have questions on the roster, though. Totally. Like, what do you do with the last four years of Louis Erickson's contract? You know what might have been interesting is seeing if you can get something for. Um, Oh my goodness, I forget his name even. Jake Furtanen. I don't know. Um, I don't know. That's, the, boy, his AHL numbers are a bad. The last trade that the Vancouver Canucks made was in May of last year, so it was about 10 months ago. Holy smokes, really? And it was Gbudskin 
<laughs> oh, and they got Eric and Budskin? Yeah, 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 yeah. Here's a trade that I think you'll find interesting going way back to when, arguably, I think the Canucks really should have considered starting to rebuild, which was the summer of 2015. On July 28th, 2015, the Vancouver Canucks acquired Brandon Sutter and a third-round pick <sighs> from the Pittsburgh Penguins for who? Bonino, 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 Bonino. Adam Clendenning as well. And a second round pick. No. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's when the rebuild should have started. But, but, that's in the past. Mm-hmm. It was a bad move. In the past. Mm-hmm. It's in the past. They're, it looks like they're starting to see the error of their ways. Yes. Canucks fans should be thrilled. Hockey fans should be thrilled. You know how exciting the Pacific Division is going to be to watch for the next few years? If the Canucks figure it out? All of a sudden you get a co- competitive Canucks team. Competitive Flames, competitive Oilers. Kings are falling off, but they're still competitive. Yeah. The Ducks, who, I mean, geez, you could you could hammer them with a few bad moves and they'd still be okay. The Sharks, aging, but still extremely competitive. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly so. And the Coyotes, who are an up-and-coming team making smart moves and very young. Hey, that's a great little division. It sure is. It sure is. Now, tonight... We got a couple things going on. Obviously, PK makes his return to Montreal. That is a big deal. It is, and it's it's been overshadowed by the trade deadline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, um, does he get a ovation or does he get a boo? One hundred percent gets an ovation. A few people might boo him. They will be drowned out. You won't hear them. You won't hear them. You know what? You know what it might be. The first time he touches the puck. You might hear like, boo, 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 and that will be immediately overshadowed by, yeah! <laughs> I think he's extremely popular. And they are doing a pregame ceremony with a video montage, so. To him? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. So he'll get his chips. You know, I've kind of, I don't know, I've soured on those things. PK deserves one. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. And it would look petty if they didn't, frankly, so. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's good. That's good. I'm sure. Oh, man, how bad does he want to win? And how about this? So you got PK returning to Montreal for the first time. And then you got all these fourth liners, <laughs> all these rugged fourth liners coming into the Habs lineup for the first time. I, I, I know who they're targeting. <laughs> I, I have an idea of who they're going to zone in on, I think. You want to make an impression? That's who you go after. First game. You think Steve Ott is just going to be... If he can catch him. <laughs> he is to catch him first. Yeah, exactly, but. which is pretty hard to do. Um, I'm looking at the uh, Eastern Conference right now. Now, the Leafs, because of their poor play, have let that five-game thing that they had on Buffalo or Boston evaporate. <sighs> I know. Well, and you know what? It's That's fair to say, but Boston went on a run, too. Sure. What did they win, four or five straight games? Uh, yes, they've won four of their last five. Like one of their best stretches, if not the best stretch of the season. So. And they acquired Drew Stafford, actually, from the uh, uh, from the Jets. That's right, and there's another move where if you don't make the playoffs, what was the cost, a sixth? Yeah. That's okay. That's okay, you do that. Um, Toronto is in the last wild card spot. They have 69 points. The Rangers. Nice! Rangers, who are in the second last spot, have 82. (laughs) What a stupid division. (laughs) It's dumb. What a stupid, stupid division. Like, literally, you know, remember you were telling me about the the KHL, and there's the promotion, in-game promotion, one of the KHL teams where they clear out a section... Uh, the fans kind of oh, split yeah, down yeah, the yeah, middle, yeah. and then they just run at each other. Yeah, they mosh pit. They mosh pit. They mosh pit. So everyone from, like, let's say section 113, or ha- half of the people from section 113 go over to 114. Half of the people from 113 go over to 112, and then they go, oh, and they just <laughs> smash together right in the middle. Is that not Washington, Columbus, Pittsburgh, and the New York Rangers? Oh, my God. The playoffs are going to be so much fun. I'm so excited. Can the Atlantic Division just be like, you know what? Nah. Like, we'll, we're good. We'll, we'll get the rest. We'll hit the, we'll hit the gym. No, I'm We'll, I'm we'll come back better that. for next year. No, let them, let them beat each other up. It's great. Oh, totally. Let him, let him I mean, it. what a year for uh, an Atlantic division to potentially just sneakily slide past a tired and busted up team. Because that's what's going to happen. These are going to be it tough, could be. tough matchups. Could be. Who wants to win the Atlantic division this year? Oh, well, I got to play Columbus or New York? Can't wait. Screw that, dude. Screw yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, so. Oh, is Montreal going to right the ship? Go ahead. Go right ahead. 
So Toronto uh, is still in it, and obviously the Islanders and Florida are just a point behind. Tampa Bay, which has already sold, is only three points behind. They sold, but they're getting Stamkos back. Yeah. <laughs> like... So it's not the worst thing. Yeah. Flyers are four points behind. And they actually have a pretty good uh, minor league system, too, Tampa. So. Of course they do. Cause of, a, of course, because Steve Eiserman is just a freaking wizard. Um, it should be very, very interesting to see how this all shakes out. But oh, Can I throw something out there? Well, y- sure. A- after, after, after. No, well, uh, no, what I was going to say is after last game, which was just awful, the last minute and a oh, half. Jake, oh, yeah. Jake. How many... How many times have we seen that this year, though? And that's that was the best part about Lou Amarello, I think, talking in the trade deadline coverage yesterday. He talked. He had his he had his press conference, and then he talked directly to Sportsnet. When he was talking directly to Sportsnet, I thought Darren Millard asked him a good question and uh, about about the young players and about you know uh, about where the team is headed and and not giving up too much at the deadline. And what Lou Lamorello said, and I think Babcock has also said this too, is they are intentionally putting these players in positions that they're uncomfortable with because they know one day... (sighs) One on threes? Well, not that. But, and Jake Gardner aside, they are putting young players in positions that you wouldn't traditionally put young players in because they know... Yeah, the final minute of the Centennial Classic. Those are the players that are going to have to handle it one day. Mm-hmm. Might as well start teaching them now. Mm-hmm. So, Which is why, I don't know. I would w- imagine it wouldn't have minded seeing them get something for Roman Polak. But yeah, part of the reason why I think it's interesting that that they're they're doing this is because they are throwing throwing these players to the wolves because they got to learn. But I think that's mm-hmm. part of the reason why we've seen so many third period collapses this year. They're starting to really throw Morgan Riley in there too, right? Eh? He needs to. Yeah, they're giving him a lot of Matt Hunwick's PK minutes. They need to. He needs you, to be able like, to do everything. That wasn't... Here's here's the disheartening part about uh, San Jose, though. That was Mitch Marner on Patrick Marlowe. And he was sort of on the verge of losing him. That's okay. Matt Hunwick is right there. But no. Jake Gardner friggin' da-da-da-da puts his cape on and he'll be the one who saves the day. Oh, who's got Thomas Hurdle? Who's got him? No one? Like, Jake... I'm trying to think of a player since I started making LFR videos who drives me more nuts than Jake Gardner. And there, here's why, okay? So Bozak drove me nuts for a long time because they always called him like a defensive center. A number one center. Which is a fabrication. You know what? Number one center, there was a time where you could argue he was the best center the Leafs had. Oh, well, the idea he I was a defensive center was a fabrication. Fabrication. Lie. It was based on what? Because he's not. Whenever they called him a defensive center, it was just a slight on Phil Kessel. That's all it was. It was just their way of saying Phil Kessel is so bad defensively that Bozak has to play defensively. I also think they called him a defensive center because they looked at his point totals and said, well, that's not number one center points. So so he must be defensive. Dirty lie. Dirty lie that Leafs Nation was fed for like half a decade. Lie. Outright lie. And now we see what he is, and he's in a you know a bit more of a reserved role, and he gets to be the team dad, and he's nice. I like him in this role. That's fine. Great. Nothing against Tyler Bozak. Grabowski sometimes make bonehead plays, and you were trying to cheer for him to be great. Kadri is a guy you stick up for a lot and does a lot of boneheaded things, but he does so many good things. Gardner's advanced stats. Gardner's possession. So many numbers around Jake Gardner are not just good, they're immaculate. They're so, so good. Everything in the numbers say this guy is such a good player. And I believe it. I believe it. I think if Jake Gardner was traded away from the Leafs, it would hurt them. I do. If he gets hurt, they're in big trouble. But this this freaking guy... Every game, every single game, there's at least one or two plays where he not only makes the wrong play. It's It'd be one thing if he made the wrong play. I'd be okay with the wrong play. He shuts his brain off. Shuts it off. Jake, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. And then the, the other 98% of the game, you see this guy, he's running the team. He's literally running the team from the back end. Without Jake Gardner, the Leafs are absolutely lost. And then he loses himself. One or two plays a game. He's throwing the puck in front of the net blind. 
He's not taking guys. He's got this weird lackadaisical stride sometimes, and yet he's one of the best skaters on the team. Would you he s- is a mystery, this guy. Would you and he's say- got one of the biggest helmets on the team, so you know it's not for lack of brain. I don't get it. Would you say, Steve? And that's coming from me, by the way. I feel like this year, and it, it's been more recent, his, his lapses have been far more recent. I don't think we saw these lapses at the beginning of the season. I feel uh-huh. like with him, A, he's probably, when he plays too much, he gets a little bit wonky. Like Funuf did. I also think too, um, Jake uh, is doing that far less this year versus before. Oh, I don't know. I maybe would say that. maybe it's because the Leafs are more competitive this year and they're in closer games, and I care about them more. I hope you're right. I think I think I hope you're right. I think he has matured, and I think he the the parts of his game that were good are now much better. And I yeah, th- yeah, but it's, it's Brian McCabe syndrome. It's that is it. Ninety nine percent of the game is great, and then and then he scores on his own net in overtime. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And you're just like, but Brian. like two games ago, he had the best overtime goal we've seen this year. You know who had that bad? Boshman. Really? Boshman was Brian McCabe syndrome through and through. So we got a wrap uh, for for now. We're no, now I guess because they're having they're having issues over at CHFI, so they need to use our studio. Oh. He didn't mention for how long, did he? Oh, I don't know. So we'll, we will have an off-air segment. I just don't know how long it will be. We might have to jump right to the press conference. Just one of those days. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, super. Are uh, we wrapping the radio? Yeah, we're wrapping yeah. the radio now. Uh, that was thick. That was, that was a hearty show. <laughs> thick maybe is not the word I would use. Maybe hearty, hearty, meaty, thick with two C's. It's it Matt's chunky, chunky soup. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be uh, at sportsnet.ca if you want to download the rest of the show uh, or any place you can find a podcast. Of course, we are brought to you by Panago Pizza. It's what's on the inside that counts. Yeah. I, well, I don't know if there's a better way to explain this uh, other than CHFI is really having trouble with their board, and they tried to do an update, and now they're off the air. So that's bad for them, and they are yeah. taking over the backup studio. So we're currently in the KISS 92.5 studios recording an extra to say goodbye. Yeah, and if we're going to go by uh, places on the totem pole, Steve Dangle Podcast. <laughs> Largest radio station in Toronto, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Certainly, I think certainly one of the Canada. top three. Canada. I think it's Canada. cool that we're Holy so um, so transparent. Well, we're being so honest with our listeners. That's cool. Well, of course. Why well, wouldn't we be? And, well, I don't know. It's just, I think it's cool. Oh, no, no. Sorry, As a you, fan you, of the show, I think see, it's cool. When I said Steve Dangle podcast, my hand was up. Oh. And then it said CHFI and it went down. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, so uh, podcast is short. We're sorry. No control over it. Yeah, it's just one of those situations. It, it has literally never happened before. And we went to the other backup studios because there are a couple others that are less good. And they're all being used. It's yeah. just like, so just if, bad luck. If you want to know our thoughts on the trade deadline, go listen to the last podcast because more <laughs> trades happen then. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And don't worry. We'll be back next week with more. And we'll probably scream about the LA game. That the Leafs won. That's right. Scream with happiness. Yeah, you Jay might be Gardner. listening to this during. Wow. Wow. It will not last the whole game, that's for sure. No. Sorry about the 45 minutes, folks, but we will see you next week. We'll make it up to you. Sort of. We might not. <laughs> Don't believe us. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Brought to you by Panago Pizza. Order at panago.com and stuff your face with deliciousness.